This is Mission.org. This is Marketing Trends, your number one source for exclusive interviews with chief marketing officers and executive marketing leaders in the Fortune 1000 and beyond. This is Jeremy Bergeron, and I interview, collaborate, and partner with world-class CMOs and marketing leaders across industries. Your content is at the heart of what you do. It connects your company to others, teaches them, guides them, and inspires them. But creating, managing, and editing content at scale is often very chaotic and difficult. Empower your content teams with Brightspot Content Management System, made specifically for marketers and corporate communications leaders. No more waiting for a developer to have to piece things together. Put the power to create and deliver powerful yet complex digital experiences into the hands of your marketers with a comprehensive suite of ready-to-use tools and functionality. Bring a bright spot to your tech stack, your customers, your team, with the Brightspot content management system. Visit brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to learn more. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Marketing Trends. If you don't know, you need to know who we have in the virtual studio today. Uh, Seth Freeman is the Vice President of Marketing and Communications at Blue Links Corporation. Now, if you don't know about Seth, you might want to do a quick Google, check out this guy's background. We're talking about uh, someone who's worked in in at some incredible brands. We'll get into some of this today, but I want to mention a couple because he spent some time at GE Capital, which I've heard was a big part of like leadership and your development. So GE Capital, he then went on to Russell Athletic, Russell Athletic and got into the CPG space. Then he went to like a really small company called the Coca-Cola Company, where he was there for almost a decade. Uh, his last last role as senior brand manager for Gold Peak Tea. Shout out tea, shout out Coke. Yeah. Then, then he went on to another very small company you may not have heard of called the Intercontinental Hotels Group, IHG. I can almost guarantee if you're listening to this show, you've stayed at one of their brands for sure. And he spent five years there at the helm of head of brand and commercial performance for Holiday Inn Express and Global Holiday Inn. And then, then he spent a couple of years at another really cool brand called Buffalo Wild Wings, which took way too much of my money after college. Um, incredible, incredible brand, but you led marketing there. You were the CMO there for two years. Then he went on to focus brands, spent some time at this American Family Insurance, and now he's in his first year leading marketing and communications at Blue Links Corporation. Seth, welcome to Marketing Trends. Man, that is a, uh, a really cool intro. I appreciate it. It's so, so very cool to be here. Thanks so much for having me, man. I, I'm super excited to be here, and uh, it is an absolute pleasure. I appreciate it. It's our honor, Seth, that we were talking a little bit, but before the show, I mean, you've been, you know, you, you've done media stuff in the past, you've been on panels and you've done things, but it's been maybe a year or so since you've kind of come out and been talking in the podcast space in this world. So I look at this as an incredible honor because you're a marketing leader who's been in the trenches, who's understanding where this world is, is heading, where the category that you're in is heading. So I'm pumped that you came up from behind the curtain a bit to share what's happening in your world. Um, for our audience, Seth, will you please describe Blue Links and your role there as VP of Marketing at Comms? Blue Links is a $4 billion brand here 
in the Atlanta area. Um, and it is a um, we do uh, uh, commercial and home building supplies. So we're a distributor. Uh, we distribute brands um, to places like Home Depot and Lowe's. And we are in a space of housing um, and also commercial um, where the, it continues to evolve, uh, as you can imagine. Lots going on. Um, but, you know, we like to consider ourselves uh, as, as one that is delivering products, uh, not just products, but delivering what matters, right? And delivering uh, things that can keep people going. Uh, you know, we like to think that we are playing a role as it relates to where people live, work and play. Uh, and so it's been a really interesting ride since I've been here. I came uh, primarily because of the leadership team. It was a great opportunity to, to build out marketing and communications in a space uh, that was quite different uh, than, than where I'd been previously. And uh, to be able to learn B2B um, and be able to learn uh, the housing and construction and commercial industry has been lots of fun with a great leadership team uh, here as well. So I, I've enjoyed it. So I'm curious about that because, you know, I'm looking at your background. I mean, you've worked at some some epic brands and then you're in this. I don't know if the, your experience before Blue Links, you didn't have any experience in this category, right? Prior no. to this? No, no, I didn't. So what has that kind of been like? Like you had a deep experience at, you know, Schlotzky's and Buffalo Wild Wings and Coca-Cola and others, these really cool kind of CPG brands. What's that transition like going from, you know, that world from like CPG world to now this big, big B2B, you know, company that's impacting a lot of things in a big industry. What's that transition been? Has it been pretty X's and O's like, okay, it's this, I'm finding the same similarities. Has it been a big challenge for you kind of going into the B2B world? Tell us about that. Yeah, man, it's it's been really interesting, I'll say, because of the fact that, you know, going from, you know, the brands that I've been a part of, and I've just been super blessed and fortunate uh, to be doing what I have loved to do for so very long, right? Marketing. I always knew I wanted to get into marketing. Uh, virtually all of my career has been in B2C. Uh, and so when this opportunity came along, it was like, this is B2B. Admittedly, it's a, a bit dusty of an industry, right? Like not the sexiest of industries. However, the opportunity was around a couple of things. It was like this leadership challenge, um, you know, th this phenomenal leader in Dwight Gibson, um, who is one of a handful of uh, black executives who lead, uh, who is a CEO of a publicly traded firm. And so to be able to work for him and work in this industry uh, was one that it was just an honor to be able to have the invitation to do so. And in coming in, um, being able to look at this B2B environment, this environment that quite frankly, hadn't had a lot of care from a branding perspective. And to be able to take that challenge and say, how do we build a brand in this environment? Now, you know, for me, it's my first sort of integration into kind of hardcore B2B, but the mindset doesn't change, right? Like the the, the insights of, of consumer of consumerism is, is still universal, right? It's still just tapping into uh, the things that matter most to humans, right? And so being able to make sure that we are uh, positioning the brand in a way where, uh, again, we're telling this story about delivering the building blocks to better lives. So going from America's uh, building distributor to delivering the building blocks to better lives and, and, and taking and shaping a campaign that is all around this notion of a whole new blue, which is steeped in a new leadership team coming in, looking at things a different way. We've been able to have some really, really strong performance over the past couple of years. 
Um, and it's been a lot of fun. And so as you talk about X's and O's, there has been X's and O's. And part of the challenge for me coming in was really about leadership, right? Like and mm. being able to come in, stand up a new organization that hadn't really been used to marketing and, and, and communications. For me, it was an additional challenge uh, beyond going into a B2B space, which I hadn't been in before. Also taking on the helm of communications, internal communications as well. Uh, was an opportunity for me to sort of just grow my repertoire and be able to uh, have some different things at my disposal and, and continue to grow as a leader. Uh, and so those things have been fun. And, and uh, you know, branding is branding, man. And so I'm super excited about what we've been able to do so far. Again, we're, we're about delivering what matters and being able to take bigger ideas, shape them in a way that's going to make a difference for Blue Links, which is a brand, again, you you haven't heard yet, but hopefully we'll be able to build some traction. has been a lot, a lot of fun. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. So Seth, you know, right out of the gate, a few months back, you were named to this really interesting ad age and metas, the list. It's this select group of marketing, advertising, media leaders that were assembled by ad age in partnership with meta, which has been working toward addressing underrepresentation and work-life balance in the industry. First off, congrats on that achievement. That's incredible. I saw some names on the list. I'm like, okay, we got some, there's some ballers on this list and Seth is, is right there with all of them. There's, there's some ballers on that list, I promise. Serious, man. So congrats on that. But can you tell us a little bit about the selection and the opportunity and like, what is this? what does it mean to you and what does this group hope to accomplish? Yeah, man. So like a, a couple of things. One, I am tremendously, tremendously grateful. Um, you know, I'm humbled by the things that have come my way over time, uh, the places where I've hit my head. But, uh, you know, God has still been gracious enough to be able to bless me to be in place in positions like this, man. And, and, and so what's important, what it means to me is, you know, as I think about the things that I sort of anchored my career, first being a brand builder, uh, first and foremost, I'd love to build brands. Like I said, I've been able to shape brands across my life. But secondly, and, and probably most importantly, is really uh, leading and developing talent, right? Like, and that's always been sort of at the core of what I love to do. I tell people uh, for many years, I was a basketball coach. And so I like to bring that into how I lead uh, my people, being able to identify and bring out the best in talent. So this is just extraordinary for me because it, it sort of anchors in that being able to develop talent, uh, mentoring, uh, mentorship opportunities, particularly for uh, black and brown people, folks who are underrepresented in this industry. Uh, we know the, we know what the numbers look like and how do you do something about it? I mean, like I think there were a lot of overtures after George Floyd's uh, passing after the murder of George Floyd, to be clear, um, that, you know, a lot of companies out there said they're going to do all these things. And I think they've, they've lived by it. But now it's like, how do we continue the legacy? How do we continue to build? How do we uh, make sure that folks are being trained uh, and developed in the right way to go on to do great things? So to be a part of that uh, is a great privilege and a great honor. And I, I love being a part of it. That's awesome. Well, are there yeah. any are there any initiatives or like you know short term, long term goals that that you're that are currently underway with that group or anything else you can share about? It? It's so exciting. Yeah, I mean, like so so more to come. Uh, we, we have we we are right now in the in the process of identifying organizations that we are going to be partnering with to be able to uh, make mentorship more tangible in the community. Uh, so more to come there, but uh, take a look at AdAge uh, when you get a chance. Um, it's, it's a great opportunity for us 
uh, as leaders. Like there's, like you said, there's some heavy hitters on that list. And so I'm just honored to be a part of it. And it's a great opportunity for us to be able to give back uh, and see uh, these leaders uh, continue to propel uh, as they, as they climb the ladder themselves. And it's great to be a part of that. Ah, that's awesome. Yeah. We'll put a link to it in the, in the show notes as well. If anybody wants to dive in, which I highly recommend big supporter of that. And we've had a few of those folks on our show too, just incredible, brilliant minds that are, that are in that, that are involved there. So I'm excited to watch that momentum continue. Um, so we talked a little bit about this, you know, um, you moved to this kind of building products industry. It seemed like a bit of a jump from your previous career points. Um, I'm curious about, you know, cause you know, I look at your resume and that tells me that you can go a lot of places. You can choose to do a lot of things, a lot of paths you can create because of the brands, because of the results and the impact and because of, you know, what you've cultivated in yourself to be where you're at. You chose Blue Links. I mean, you're the first person to hold your position at Blue Links, I believe. And so I'm just curious about like the opportunity, kind of take us to that beginning of like outside looking in, what did you see at Blue Links? Why did you take that opportunity? Because again, you could have gone a lot of places and done a lot of things and you went to Blue Links, which I love that move. I wouldn't have betted you were gonna go there based on where you've been. Yeah. But tell us, what was, the, what was the opportunity? What made you seize that? Yeah, you know, everyone takes different paths, man. And, and, and so for me, um, like I said, I've been super blessed and fortunate to be able to do what I do. Uh, when the opportunity came along, it was one that was like, man, this is way different than what I would have anticipated. Uh, but God, if you bring me this opportunity, uh, you know, let me find out kind of what, what's here. As I got into the conversations, uh, again, with Dwight and the leadership team, it was like, wow, understanding what he's trying to do in the big vision associated with it um, was very attractive to me. Like for me, kind of smaller-ish brands that you can mold and shape and create, um, create something with is is super attractive at this point in my career. And so it's been fun. Uh, I can't tell you it's always been easy, uh, but it, it's been fun. And to be able to be in a position to, uh, to teach and train um, you know, to integrate ideas, but then also to learn a new industry that, uh, again, you know, was an industry that is is in desperate need of an overhaul, in, in my opinion. Uh, all those things were attractive ingredients for me to be able to say, hey, let me come in and see see what I can do with it, see how I can shape it. Uh, and it's been fun. And uh, again, I continue to learn and to, to still be a part of you know, organizations like The List and still be able to do a lot of the things that I'm doing uh, and be a part of. It's, it's, been, a, it's been an awesome ride and, and I'll continue uh, to enjoy this journey for sure. What's it like kind of, you know, because you've got, you know, you have this experience at Coca-Cola and some other brands where I would imagine there's a certain amount of resources and support yeah. available at these brands, right? I mean, you're coming from places where you got budgets that are, you know, bigger than most companies ever dream of. And you're, you're able to do things and probably move with some velocity at these brands. Um, did you see the same like opportunity at Blue Links or did, or did you, you know, like, cause I'd, I'd imagine you would need a certain level of resources and support to, to be successful in the role. Sure. Um, how was that kind of comparison? Cause you've got all this really deep experience at these big brands, IHG, Coke and others yeah. to now Blue Links a bit smaller, still big, but smaller. What was that like just looking at pure, okay, what are my opportunities? What are my resources? How much support am I going to get? Cause I'm sure you had to kind of, you know, navigate that and figure out if this was going to be a good move for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like all those things, 
um, you, you're hitting on the conversations that, that we had as I was coming in. Again, the opportunity to, to shape something new had to be steeped in, man, there had, I've got to see a commitment to resource this thing properly, the opportunity to build out an organization and, uh, and scale it. Uh, is one that I'm excited about and we're continuing to build and um, bringing in the right folks and uh, being able to to see them come in and thrive and uh, all those things important. And so having those conversations right up front was part and parcel to saying, I see this as an opportunity to grow. Uh, I see this as an opportunity to, you know, when you're sort of forced to be scrappy, it sort of brings out a different side of you. And so while I've been fortunate to be on some larger scale brands, at the same time, I've been throughout my career on, on brands, even when I was at Coke, you know, I was I went into innovation. And so being able to create new brands or launch new brands to the marketplace, some that didn't do well and some that had that, that did really well. You know, I learned right. Like if you learn to be scrappy with the resources that you have and you know, like, like there's an entrepreneurial sort of drive within me uh, that is always trying to figure out that sort of next thing. And so that's what drives me, man. And, and, and uh, you know, this is a I consider it to be a small but mighty brand that uh, that we're going to do some really cool stuff with and, and gives me an opportunity to continue to tell a story and continue to be a part of the fabric of, of what's going on in marketing and how it continues to evolve and, and continues to be shaped and to be a part of that is super exciting. So. Talk about this this opportunity of because I'm trying to understand like there there was not a role like you came into a new role you you created there, this wasn't yeah. there before yeah. so now you've been now you've been in this new role for almost a year coming up on your first year yeah. what was the marketing like before you joined what would that even look like and then take us to today what's it look like now yeah 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 so I, I appreciate the questions like so I think before I got here you know um, there wasn't a there wasn't a, a a VP of marketing or head of marketing and communications and. And so I think what was happening primarily was just, you know, as you can imagine in the B2B space, um, there's oftentimes a need to make sure that you're driving uh, kind of sales enablement, right? Like you're trying to figure out how uh, to provide the best resources uh, so that your sales folks can go out and sell more effectively, but then how you can build the brand and internal communications as well. I think a, I think a, a lot of the conversation previously was just, around collateral, right? Like, and, and, and how can we get the best uh, tools in that regard? I think I've, what I've been able to do is be able to, to bring some more storytelling, be able to uh, derive a, a bit more of the data, translate that into the insights so that we can figure out what are the things that we need to be doing, what customers are, are most important to us, um, how do we make sure that we're gleaning those insights. So being able to even establish things like, um, you know, customer sentiment analysis and things of that sort, so that we're better equipped to strategically drive decision making. Uh, so I think that the imprint uh, that I hopefully I've had to the organization so far has been around more strategic decision making from a marketing perspective, how to enable our sales force to go out and do things uh, in a much more compelling way, uh, some storytelling associated with our organization as a whole. What we've been able to do, I talked a little bit about it before, but uh, just coming in and sort of identifying kind of an internal and an external rallying cry around this notion of a whole new blue. Uh, you know, Dwight uh, Gibson, who's our, our CEO, uh, he hasn't been here that long himself, right? But coming in, he was able to bring kind of a new um new direction, right? Like kind of a new feel to the organization, right? And, and there's a lot of uh, internal 
uh, sort of culture building uh, associated with that, right? And so we identified that and said, well, you know, this is really, we're shaping kind of a new direction. It's a whole new blue and being able to tell that story and being able to weave together this narrative. If you think about it for our people, it was about giving them a renewed meaning and purpose for being a part of the organization, right? That was that that kind of component of a whole new blue. And, and how do you communicate those things internally to weave that narrative together? For our suppliers, it's about the relationships that we build. We, we are really steeped in a heritage. We, we, we were spun off of, of Georgia Pacific years ago. And so this is, a, this is an organization and a brand that was built on being able to connect suppliers to, to the right customers uh, and be able to deliver products that matter, right? Uh, so for, for, our, for our suppliers, it's about the relationships that we were able to build. And then lastly, for our customers, it was about uh, just the, the, the confidence that we're able to give them to, to know that we're going to be able to get the, the right products in their hands at the right times. And so that overarching narrative of a whole new blue and how we're bringing it to life by launching and rebranding our organization come January of next year, uh, it has been a lot of fun, um, but it takes work, man. You know, a lot of collaboration, a lot of sort of definition setting and, and expectation setting and level setting within the organization. And that those things are, um, you know, it takes a lot of work, but it's fun. Uh, it's the work that I feel like has a lot of meaning to it. And, uh, you know, I, I've enjoyed it uh, in, in a very, very good way. All right, Seth. So you've worked for some large multinational brands. We've talked about them here already. And I'm just curious about what, you're, what you've extracted from IHG or Coca-Cola that you've brought kind of, you've kept in your tool belt to Blue Links. Like what's one or two things that you're like, okay, I did this at Coke, it's applicable here. I did this at IHG. Is there a couple things that you can draw from that you're bringing to this really cool brand at Blue Links to a whole new blue? Yeah, man, it's it's a great question. I think um, I hadn't thought about it like that, but the, you know, as I as I sit with it a bit, um, you know, listen. Uh, for me, when I um, I always tell folks when I got the call um, as a you know a, a junior marketer, sort of you know continuing to. Uh, to try to climb the ladder. When I got the call from Coke, it was like, oh my gosh, like that's a marketer. Particularly if you live here in Atlanta area, it's like you want to go work for Coke, right? And I, I still remember uh, when they called me, I always tell people I lost all negotiating leverage because I was like, hold on, I'm going to do about 10 backflips. Uh, <laughs> and then I'm going to tell you yes, right? Like, so, <laughs> right, right. Um, so when I went to Coke, you know, I think the thing that I learned uh, at Coke was, you know, it was a big place. And admittedly, I was a little bit nervous going in because I was like, man, how do I fit? I'm not a suit. Is this a place for suits? And But I learned so much about sort of pop culture and the importance of culture and that net, like, like understanding how your brand interacts with culture at Coca-Cola was just so important. So like understanding um, and when I say that culture is such a big word, not just internal culture, but pop culture, right? Like, how is your brand resonating with Hispanic Americans, with African Americans, with different groups? Uh, and, and how are you not necessarily changing, but how are you making sure that the relevancy of your voice is coming through in a way uh, that's going to create big impact, right? And so I think beyond the rest of the marketing toolkit that I built, at, that I was able, that, that was built within me at, at Coca-Cola, I say that culture was probably the biggest thing that came out. And so I'm just highly sensitive to that even now as I think about, okay, when we are shaping our narrative here at Blue Links, 
uh, and it's an opportunity for us to be able to go make impact, how are we taking into consideration the broader cultural context of what's happening? And I think that that is a view that, quite frankly, we probably haven't had uh, as big a role in here at, at Blue Links. And so I'm trying to make sure that we're keeping an eye on that and how we are shaping our narrative uh, to fit more. Right? And so as, as we think about that, the communities that we're building into, that, that we where we are delivering our products, the buildings that are going up as a result of what we're delivering, um, how are we not just, um, uh, you know, erecting, uh, you know, buildings, but erecting culture and, and, and making sure that we are, um, you know, doing the right things in the context of those communities. That's so important. I'd say for ISG, um, you know, as, you, as I think about ISG, man, ISG was, you know, while, while culture was such a big thing at Coke, I learned a lot about collaboration at ISG. It was a, like super collaborative culture. And so, um, you know, as I think about how I've been able to come and adapt here, it's like just making sure that everyone's, you know, as best I can, getting everyone on the same page, helping them to understand the value of marketing and communications um, and uh, being able to weave a narrative uh, that really fits all those pieces together in a way uh, that folks are going to be able to get. That's awesome. How does the pace of marketing compare? Like, is there as much of a need to stay ahead of competition in this kind of more niche category? Uh, you know, it's such a great question. I'd say even more so, right? Because again, like we're trying to be as super scrappy as we can, right? So keeping a pulse on what's happening in the competitive context, uh, keeping a pulse on what's happening in the broader category context and making sure we're ahead of that as best we can is important, right? Like, so we're having continued conversation with our suppliers and the brands that we carry, making sure we're having continued conversation with our customers and how we can provide even more value. And so, yeah, man, I'd, I'd say even, even to an even greater extent. Now, the pace at Coke and, and IG was, you know, I probably would say probably faster from a marketing perspective, but I'd say that the importance and the relevancy of understanding our, our customer, understanding our suppliers in that regard, uh, is, is a much, there's a much greater emphasis here uh, than I've had uh, before in my career. Wow, wow. So as an example, like one of your notable campaigns for Schlotzky's restaurants was centered on simplification and improved accessibility. That campaign was for promoting Schlotzky's menu, but have you applied like similar strategies to Blue Link's distribution of building products at that same kind of angle? Yeah, I mean, I, I think to some extent, yeah. I mean, I think as I think about, um, you know, the, the context of you know, not, you know, the context is different, right? But if I think about, you know, what are the meaningful things here, right? And, and making sure that our menu of offerings in that regard uh, is, is customized in a way that's going to make the most sense for our customers and suppliers. Again, for our customers, it is, if you strip everything else away, it's about them having the confidence that we're going to have the products at the right price, at the right time, right? And so making sure that we're partnering, that I'm partnering effectively with our operations team, with our category management teams, with our sales teams, uh, with our customer service teams to make sure that we're, we are all about delivering confidence in a way that's going to be that the key differentiator. Because a lot there's a lot of similarities in our space, like a lot of, you know, uh, spaces. But I think that the, being able to deliver that confidence is going to be important for us, right? Additionally, as I think about our suppliers, right? It's, it's, a, it's the relationships. Uh, and, and Dwight talks about it all the time because, you know, particularly when things are compressed, 
you know, it like you want to make sure that that decisions are being made beyond just price and just and they're beyond just transactional. So the importance of those relationships comes into fold even more. So our ability to enable the right sales collateral, the right sales tools to enable our sales folks to go out and sell more effectively, our ability to tell our story in terms of why we're different and how we can drive uh, impact um, from a brand perspective and, and our brand is coming through in a much more powerful way is so important. So I'd say there's there's definitely some things that I've been able to learn and bring into this space that I think can create even more impact. Um, but also I'm, I've gotten more patient with myself along the way as well in terms of saying this is a different space. The, chap, my, the, the reason why I came here was for the challenge of standing up a new organization uh, and so, you know, being able to take the time to do so, learning and appreciating um, the the great tenure that that is that exists here in this company has been really cool. Not just in this company, in this space, like folks, like I talk to folks all the time. It's like I've been here twenty four years. It's like good gracious, like that's crazy, man. Like, wow. Um, but it's just like, and it happens so often that I realize I've got to be patient with myself, and there's so much to learn in this industry. What's kind of the conversation that, you know, you're having internally, externally around, you know, these economic headwinds coming, right? A lot of brands are, you know, budgets are cut, budgets are flat. I also see this, I heard this interesting stat where like roughly 2 million more people are going to turn 35 in the next five years. Um, yeah. And so since 35 is like the peak of your first home buying, oh, yeah. there's there seems like there's going to be sustained demand for for years to come in your industry. But what, so give us a little bit of insight of what you're seeing, what you're hearing, what you're excited about kind of coming down the pipe. Yeah, I mean, that like like I'm so glad you said that, because that is, you know, what we are anchoring in. Like there is um, the there is not a you know lack of demand for new homes. Right. Like you've, you've got that next uh, sort of segment or, or audience uh, sort of coming into their own who want and need housing. Right. And so it's like the, the demand is still going to be out there. Yes, there's a lot of uh, compression in the environment. Uh, you know, the as rates continue to go up, it does uh, have an impact on, our, on um, you know, people's ability to buy homes. However, there still is a need, right? Like, so folks are going to find ways um, to be able to get what they need. And so, uh, you know, our ability to be able to, again, anchor in what we do best, which is provide the best service. We've got the right products at the right time to be able to make sure that uh, the key stakeholders know who we are and know the value that we bring every single day. That doesn't change. Right. Like so that 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 focus right now for us is just so important. And, um, you know, it's an interesting uh, place to be in within the context of, of housing. But again, it's it's housing. It's commercial. We want to make sure we're delivering the building blocks to better lives across where you live, work and play uh, and do it in a way that no one else can. Wow. I want to get into the rebrand a little bit. And I'd love you to just share about that. Is this is this your first are you is this your first rebrand? No, you know, it's, it's funny, man. I, I've done it a few different times okay. in, in different places. And I like to always kind of start uh, as I think about rebranding, as I think about kind of the, the, the core of, of, of positioning, it's always to me around kind of purpose, essence and promise, right? Like, you know, the purpose, why do you exist in the first place, right? And the promise around what do you do every single day? And then the essence is what are those core things that make you you, right? Um, and so, you know, that's what we've been working on behind the scenes and, 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 you know, coming into the organization, 
you know, for me, that was probably one of the biggest opportunities was like, man, um, you know, we have an opportunity to do a few things. One is make sure that we're clear in, in our communications, both internally and externally. And that clarity is really steeped in understanding who we are as an organization. And so a lot of, uh, you know, a, a lot of sort of uncovering of, you know, why did we start? Like, why are we called Blue Links? Like, what, like who are the people? What makes us different, right? Like, so that understanding that and becoming clear in that was kind of the first part. Two is, is, kind of delivering that message in a really super compelling way, right? Like, so clear clarity, the compelling nature in which you sort of deliver that message. And then the lastly is, is the consistency with how we deliver it. Like, so as I think about the rebrand for us, getting to that, that, that core of our purpose. And again, what we've got it kind of gotten to is delivering what matters, right? And then and our, our promise in terms of what we do every single day is delivering the building blocks to better lives. And so that's sort of created an opportunity for us to, rebrand and reshape this narrative in a way that's visually compelling, um, the consistency of, of how we deliver our brand. And, and that's one area where I just think um, because we didn't have necessarily somebody focused in, in really every single day saying, hey, we got to make sure this thing is consistent. We can't have it look this way here and this way over here. We've got to get to some level of consistency to we, so we can become sticky. Those are the things we've been doing behind the scenes. And so when we launch out there, um, kind of with our new positioning, with our new Viz ID and logo, et cetera, uh, into next year, we believe it's going to make a, a big difference for us um, because it's not just about um, marketing for marketing's sake. It's about being able to make a difference, tying that to the way that you behave, because it's an operating system. If I think about what your positioning is as it relates to, again, your purpose, your essence, your promise, your, your, your values, all those things sharpening the edge on those things has been kind of the job one for us. And you'll wow. see us continue to develop. Hopefully you'll hear more news from us along the way as well. Wow, that's exciting. On the subject of kind of, you know, employees, employee experience, you know, I'm, I'm hearing from a lot of marketing leaders, you know, we always talk about customer experience. That's always really high, right? But then I'm seeing employee experience really it's, it's become super important. I saw this report that was at the tail end of 2021. Accenture did this report. It was called The Great Marketing Declutter. And it said something like nearly 70% of marketing executives say the past year has completely exhausted their employees. And I'm just curious about kind of the current state of, of your marketing team there. If the team is doing well, what's working to support them now in 2022 and keep them energized with this, you know, great people leaving and not staying. I mean, we're seeing it everywhere. It's industry agnostic, but tell us kind of what's happened there. Cause you built this thing from scratch. Yeah. So how's that been going? What are some of the things you're doing? What's working to support the team? Keep, keep keeping them rolled. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's a great, you know, we, we try to, uh, to make sure that's at the center of everything we do. Cause as, as we talk about our suppliers and our customers, you know, like I said before, we also are very much aware of, you know, the, the, the decisions that we're making, the impact on our people as well, making sure we've got, a you know, uh, Dwight talks about it all the time. If you don't have a great sort of employee experience, it's going to be super difficult for you to deliver a great customer experience, right? Like how, it, like, it's very difficult for you to do it, it, it if you can do it at all, right? So we are, we've got a new uh, chief people officer, uh, Kevin Henry, uh, his, his, he likes to say his hashtag is hashtag goodness, which I, I love and I've adopted. And so it's really about making sure uh, that our folks are uh, coming to the table. They, they are they are well valued and well cared for uh, every single day. And we, we've got 
uh, over 60 locations across uh, the nation. And we can distribute uh, across, you know, from every state we're in, in terms of our distribution capabilities. And so we've got uh, locations, branches out there, and we like to make sure we're staying connected. Uh, a lot of what we're doing from a communication standpoint is really sort of steeped in our ability uh, to do a few things. One is to keep them informed of sort of key initiatives. Uh, two is to sort of keep them inspired. And that's by making sure that we are hearing from them, understanding what's important to them every single day, and then making sure that we're improving our performance steeped in how we improve our culture as well. So, you know, we've got um, you know, employee engagement. We got a new employee engagement app that we've launched internally to make sure that we are aware of how people are feeling, uh, the things that are working, things that are not working. Uh, for me personally, as I think about my team and, um, you know, I, I learned from one of the best a long time ago, my, my old boss, Lyle. Uh, was all about making sure that you're checking in with your team, like having genuine conversations beyond the transactions of the business. Are you checking in with your people? Right. And so, you know, I, I try to make sure I'm, I'm living by that as best I can. And, and so, you know, I, that's one thing I've learned is try to get. Yeah, we've got to be able to drive the business. We've got to be able to be transactional, but we've got to be much more indexed in the relational. And so I try to make sure that we're checking in with our folks, making sure that they're not overwhelmed in what they're doing uh, so they can deliver the hashtag goodness uh, every single day. That's awesome. Before we get into some fun questions, I need to make sure everybody knows that this podcast is brought to you by Salesforce, right? Salesforce brings marketing and engagement together. If you want to learn more, head over to salesforce.com forward slash marketing. Shout out to Salesforce. Okay. We have some lightning round questions for Seth Freeman, Vice President of Marketing and Communications at Blue Links. I wish we had another hour with you, Seth, but we don't. We might have to do this again next year, by the way. <laughs> um, first question, Seth, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Which coworker did you learn the most from? Wow, which coworker? Wow, man, that's a, that's a big one right there. I, I, I would, and there's so many people, and there would probably be so many people that get mad at me uh, because I didn't, I just, I've learned so much from so many people, man. So that's, that's a tough one. But the one who comes to mind is probably Maurice Cooper. Um, okay. He is a, he's a friend and colleague and a brother uh, who has just been so instrumental. Uh, I've just, I learned a ton from the guy. He's always the smartest guy in the room. Uh, him and Craig Williams, Andrea Freeman. Uh, it's just a lot of folks, man. Uh, so, okay. but Maurice and Craig kind of sort of come to mind Okay. Uh, but you're going to get me in trouble for saying that, man. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's been many. There's been many. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, there's been so many great people. Um, if you could not work in this industry, what profession would you pursue? Man, I'd probably go into pickleball, man. Um, like, I love pickleball, <laughs> like, man. I love that. Everybody's talking about pickleball. So it, it, I, I would go into pickleball. I think I'd be pretty nice at pickleball, too. I got quick feet, man. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, tell us something that's on your Spotify playlist right now. What are you listening to on Spotify right now? Oh, man. Uh, let's see. Spotify playlist. Um, I always go to Robert Glasper. He's on heavy rotation, black okay. radio. Uh, if you haven't listened, please listen to it. Uh, he just extended. He dropped his last one, just extended it. So him... Let's see, uh, Moonchild. Uh, I'm big into like jazz, kind of hip hop. I love it. But yeah, man, like, and that's one that I, I can get lost all day in some music, man. We got to do another podcast <laughs> about some music. 
I love it. And, and, and I saw I saw that Drake just dropped his new album too, like two days ago. So I've been listening to Drake's new one as well. Oh, there you go. Um, there you go. What's your least favorite marketing or business buzzword? Circle back on that. And say like, <laughs> we're gonna circle back. That's good. Yeah. That's the second time. Someone said that the other day. It's the second time. That's a good one. Circle back. That's fantastic. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you could um have any upgrade to your work from home setup, what would it be? I don't know why this comes to mind, but I, I would want like just a monster truck. Like I, I would want to get my whole setup oh, oh. in a monster truck, like like with big <laughs> wheels and the tires and stuff, right? Just put me in a big monster truck and I could walk down the stairs. So I could walk up the stairs into the bed or into the, you know, the cab of a monster truck and just have my whole setup in there. I love that. that. All right. My upgrade. <laughs> What's the first thing you thought about this morning? Uh, it's going to sound hokey, but just how grateful I am, man. Every single day I wake up is like, God, thank you. I'm, I'm blessed to be alive, blessed to be here and blessed to be a blessing, my man. So that's, that's the first thing that comes to mind. I love it. I, I, I concur. I concur. <laughs> um, if you could use marketing to send a message to the entire world, what would it be? Whew. Wow. Uh, Again, probably going to sound okay, but I, I dig, I, I would probably, I, I love this. Um, he gets us. There's a campaign that's out there right now. Uh, it's about uh, Jesus Christ and how he, how he gets us, right? I can't, I don't know who's doing the campaign, but if I can use marketing as a platform, be, be that because man, like they've been able to take that, make it culturally, make it cultural contextually uh, and deliver it in a way that I think has been super cool for folks to get. And so, yeah, man, I, that's what I would be on. Okay. Okay. What is, I know you've gotten a lot of advice, but what's, what's one like really good business, piece of business advice you received? Uh, just do you, mm. um, just do you, man. Uh, and that's, that's probably the, the best advice by the hardest advice. Um, but it's just do you, uh, just like I, I, I've got certain skills and talents. I got things that I can't do. And oftentimes I'll get myself sort of, you know, wound up in what I can't do or what I need to get better at. And I try to make sure I stay focused. And man, you, you've been gifted with these things. Yeah, you want to continue to build, but do those things exceptionally well. Bloom where you're planted and uh, things will work out. Uh, that's great. Okay, last question. What is one thing you would like to do before the end of the year that you've never done before? Wow, man, these questions. Where are you getting these questions <laughs> So good. Um so, so I'm just gonna say it. I want to go to an LSU game. Like, hey, you know, I'm like, hey. you got that hat on. Like, I'm, and I'm not just. You've got that hat on. It triggered it for me because that that game was just so good that I saw. It's like I want to go to what do they call it again? Death like, Valley. Death Valley. I want to go there and see a game because that looked like that environment got folks shook. I mean, like that was such a good game. I don't want, I don't want my Buckeyes to play there, um, but uh, that, I want to go see a game there. So that's, that's what comes to mind for me, man. I love it. Well, you might've just said my favorite answer of all time. <laughs> we might even, we might stop asking that question just period. Cause you just, you just put that one deep, deep in the ground, Seth. Um, thank you, Seth. I mean, thank you for, for taking time, man. We thoroughly enjoyed having you on the show. Mm. 
Uh, a big shout out to you and the whole new Blue Squad. I'm paying attention to Blue Links. I've got it on my alerts. I'm seeing where you're going with the brand, but man, it. thanks for taking time to be on Marketing Trends. Really an honor. Bless you to you and your family, and thanks for being here. Oh man, listen, I appreciate the opportunity, man. Really, really appreciate the opportunity today. It's been an absolute pleasure, man. Best wishes in your show, man, and, and to your LSU Tigers as well, man. Like like Coach O, you said, go Tigers. <laughs> That's right. Thank you, Seth. Appreciate it, man. Thanks. You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.